Hey, welcome to the True Alignment Podcast. I'm Edgar Papke. And I'm Ken Sagendorf. Thanks for joining us, everybody. This week, we're live in the Gronowski Innovation Incubator in the Anderson College of Business and Computing at Regis University here in Denver, Colorado. It's December 26th. And when you're aligned, you're alive. You're alive. Did you have a good Christmas, Edgar? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. How about you? Yeah, very much so. So fun to have the the, the family home, there's still such a, a youthful exuberance around the holiday, even though my kids are, are, are as old as they are. Yeah, and that, that actually never changes. It just doesn't, um, and our children have children of their own, and so that next generation, and it's just, it's just a wonderful thing. And uh, thinking about um, how our homes can be such incredible vessels of love. Yeah, I have so much pride, too, to be able to do that for for our family you know mm-hmm. i think that that is everything from the from the christmas eve and christmas day dinner with extended family to the you know the actual gifts uh, you know my kids are at the age now where they give us um a list well and they they view I'm it as a the, shopping I'm list the, not as a wish list <laughs> yeah, I look at it, my view is you give me you give me a list you're helping me yeah because uh, yeah yeah, I, you know, I, I, I struggle with this, and I, and I think this is, it, it contrasts a little bit with our alignment work because mm-hmm. um, there's something I like about the, the mystery of, of Christmas, uh-huh. yeah, right? I mean, and this idea of, you know, we oh. do this when we do wedding gifts too. I, you know, the, I think in the last 20 years, everybody is on to this, you know, I have a wedding registry, buy me the things that I want or need. Um, and I'm kind of like, let's get something off the list. Let's get something that's just different. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is a time to not get what you what you need. This is a time to, you know, feel the love. I, I mean, I think that's what you said. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. So, so I love the mystery there. Yeah, and uh, it's it's actually full of mystery holiday, isn't it? In its origin. Yes. Yeah, right. The mystery, the miracle, and then mm-hmm. you've got the uh, the whole you know Santa Claus uh, uh, thing. Uh, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions that surround it, that surround it, and a lot of curiosities. So we had, you know, the last guest we had on the podcast was Kevin Pippert. He joined us from, yeah. from from Cape Town, South Africa. Yeah, what a great conversation. Yeah, as I was re-listening to that to that conversation, and sorry, Kevin, we talked over you a whole lot. <laughs> you know, I I think that you know one of the things um, that True Alignment posted in, in on their LinkedIn page was the idea that you know Kevin was this exemplification of curiosity and exploration. Mm -hmm. Like he had this path um, that went from going abroad in high school to just seeing what if. I mean, Mm -hmm. he he just really had this genuine curiosity about how things work. And I think that's what makes him such a great, uh, in 360 transformation, makes him such a great kind of uh, community developer. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's something to that too, to add to it is that, uh, despite all our planning, I, I, I see planning and good planning, especially in the organizational or work context, as being an exercise in curiosity. If you're doing it well, planning is, is about exploration. It's about um, doing the best that we can with the information that we have, turning that somehow into knowledge and then the wisdom of what we don't know and exploring that and seeing what the possibilities are. So in the context of just thinking about planning, what we're really doing is um, just opening ourselves up to you know, possibility. When, and 
planning's a, you know, the odd thing about a planning is supposed to be about predictability. And then we realize that eh, that's not the way it really works anyway. The, that's not the way life works. The question that came, you know, screaming into my mind there was uh, how much planning is too much planning, right? Because when you plan, when you plan it so far that you're trying to make the outcomes, right? then mm-hmm. I then I, you lose that curiosity. Yeah, I think the longer term is to have the broad view of what's the desired outcome and then be open to the possibility of either getting there or beyond that. Um, mm. In fact, you know, one of the things that we talked about before we started um, recording this podcast is the idea of um, what are some of the themes that have shown up and consistently show up in alignment work and, and the work that we get to do. And there's two right there. One is to get a sense of who we are at the core, uh, beginning with the me model and then extending that out into the world and being true to ourselves. And that one of the key themes of alignment and and a sense of success in in alignment is our own and being true to ourselves and being true to who we really are and how that shows up, how we show up in the world and affect and influence everything around us. And then uh, an, another theme that ties right into that is curiosity. And I think with Kevin, one of the things that I think started bubbling through there is the curiosity of self. And and be able to explore that is his um, his seminary experience and uh, and becoming who he is. Well, I think that's a consistent theme. That's a consistent theme with all of our guests. Um, there's a level of authenticity about questioning, questioning and finding out uh, who I am and, and, and what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, the image that comes to my mind is whether, and, and I think we said this in the, in the podcast last week with, with Kevin Pippert that the, you know, the way that leaders are presented are these kind of uh, heroic individuals yeah. as opposed to the, the everyday person. And I think he said something along the lines of he was, um, that the the community members that they develop are the actual rock stars, yeah. Um, right. I mean, in this idea of the ev- the every person was the was the person that mattered in his work, as as opposed to the leaders that that came in and and, and you know quote unquote air quotes there uh, did this to them, and so um, you know that that lens is a little bit different. But most of the folks guests we've had on the podcast have this level of authenticity that comes with a little bit of that wonder of finding out about themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I think we normally paint a leader as kind of having a, a lens that narrows in like a laser focus as opposed to a lens that gets wider. Right. The broadening. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I think that's a contrast that's a point. That, that we see in the leaders that, that we get the privilege of working with um, you know, the, the Panak and Patels of the world that are inviting more in as they move through their through their careers, then uh, then narrowing the focus. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said in that at several levels. I think one one is that it speaks to the importance of every relationship. So that's probably another common theme for alignment. Is that in at the end of the day, every relationship matters. It does, and that and that's particularly true for leaders. Because leaders, um, as we've talked about here in the podcast, the legacy of a leader um, is really, by definition, um, 
how people see their relation, how people see the relationship to the leader. In other words, so every relationship matters, whether it's a relationship with someone that you have constant contact with day in and day out, or whether it's someone that's an observer uh, from a distance. And that observer, because you're a leader, that observer feels a relationship to you. And so it's so, so important to be able to be uh, consistent and be authentic about who you are and how you show up, which then again requires the curiosity to be able to explore and question the relationship to self and to realize, and this is where the misalignment creates the opportunity because every misalignment with the self shows up as some form of tension in our lives, which means it's going to show up in our relationships so if we're not being authentic, if we're not being true to ourselves, that misalignment is going to show up. And you know, granted, um, you're going to have difficulty in a lot of relationships in life. That's just natural human nature. The thing is, what do you do with it? Which requires then, who am I? And what do I want from this relationship or set of relationships? Because at the end, your legacy is to find out people perceive you in a relationship to you. Well, it's, it's interesting, right? I mean, to bring another image in the, in the mind here, it's, um, you know, as we watch people work in organizations uh, and in their personal lives, uh, a lot of times relationships are like a, like marbles that can bounce off of each other, uh-huh. right? And I'm, I'm this shape and, you know, you're that shape and, you know, we hit each other, we're still the same shape as opposed to, you know, taking in that relationship and changing because of it. And I, I'm going to work the movie reference in here really early. Oh, it's the holiday, right? I so thought it's going to be little rascals. <laughs> You're aging our audience right there, the little rascals. <laughs> the the I don't um, know. we watch we watched the the actual the more recent movie, Little uh, Rascals movie know. with with our with grand, your, with a couple of grandchildren. They loved it. I don't know if I've seen the recent one. And especially um, the go kart race, yeah, I, mean, I just love that. I I remember the original, uh-huh. uh, yeah. The uh, well, you're old enough to remember the original. I'm not, so yeah. <laughs> touche, touche. <laughs> the um, you know, we had as my family came home, Edgar, we had a we had a list of Christmas movies. Uh-huh. Um, some that uh, both of my my children would like to watch. And, and some that one of them would like to watch and some that none of them would like to watch. I mean, that's the, that's the reality. I love that my youngest loves kind of the classics of, uh-huh. uh, of uh, White Christmas. She tried to get her college roommate to watch it, and her college roommate wanted no part of that, that movie. So, you know, she was excited to come home and watch it with mom and dad, and that still felt really good for us. But, you know, one of the ones that's a hit in our house that, that we love to watch each and every year, and we repeat a lot of the, the, the lines from that movie, is the movie Elf. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we're talking about those relationships and, and the idea of who's a marble and who lets, who lets the others influence around, I'm thinking of the plant. There's a planning scene in there. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, he, he, he comes, uh, through the Lincoln tunnel and, you know, through the, through the seven layers of the, of the candy cane forest. And he gets into the, he gets into New York city to find his dad who didn't know that he existed and he's got a list and there's a scene where he's in the kitchen one morning and, and, and his father, you know, newly found father is drinking his coffee and, and he's got the Etch-A-Sketch list of the things we're going to do. We're going to go ice skating. We're going to hold hands. Like, I mean, he's just got the giant list of things we're going to do. And, and the father's kind of like, yeah, nope, not going to work. 
And so he erases the etch-a-sketch, right? I mean, and if you think about this as a metaphor for the, for the relationships, is that you had um, somebody that said, I want a relationship with you, and somebody that was the hard marble and said, uh, I'm not ready for this yet. Mm-hmm. And that movie, you know, over the course of the movie, um, that thing's change, and the dad, uh, played by James Caan, becomes less marble-like and allows Buddy into his life, right? Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just struck by this idea that, you know, relationships, there's some timing components of relationships, mm-hmm. and we see that timing component in the alignment work that we do. Um, and we were talking before we got on the air about yeah. some, some planning, right? I mean, and so when we get leaders and they're like, let's, let's plan an alignment event, uh-huh. <laughs> And, and they plan it out and, you know, it's always fun to watch what, ex- on the door. <laughs> always fun to watch what expectations they have of those kinds of events. Yeah. But, but that's like two marbles, mm-hmm. right? That's the leader saying, we want this oh. <laughs> and you haven't, it's the relationship part is typically not in the planning conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And that speaks then to another theme here and that's to have a conversation about the expectation the bringing the unspoken into the spoken realm. There's also a great, I mean, there's such an incredible power to take that and to bring it down to the level at at the personal level with one another, or interpersonal level, I should say, where um, we're able to have the conversation about expectations for the relationship, not just the plans and the goals and the outcomes in that to that extent, because sooner or later that's what's going to happen. Is you're going to you're going to get down to that level and talk about the uh, uh, you know how a relationship really works. And for leaders, that's how is my relationship to the people on my team. And each individual counts, and each individual matters. And so that moral effect it gets multiplied. And as a leader, you're kind of you you're, you're throwing yourself into a batch of marbles in a way. And clinkering and picking about, and um, and then you think, as a leader, you say, "Well, I'm going to think alignment now. I'm going to put everybody in a row and get all my marbles in a row. <laughs> yeah, get I the mean, old ducks in a row, right? Yeah. And uh, come on, that's not real. Uh, it's uh, it's 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 a much more of a dynamic. You may be able to get a snapshot of where all the marbles in the circle lie at any given moment, but certainly everybody's moving, and so. Alignment, alignment is a, is an ongoing. It, it, I don't think it's ever. Constant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it goes back to your, um, your, um, metaphor of the uh, of the train and watching the train go by, and you can just in the moment, in in the instant, see what what's there in front of you, and knowing that it's it's in motion. Well, and and that's as a- we all are. Yeah, that's a theme we've seen too from 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 the leaders that we've had on the podcast is some comfort, some comfort in the in the lack of predictability about these human relationships, about these human behaviors uh, in their organizations and in their customers. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps that's the the courage of 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 the alignment conversation is to own that. You're not. You're not going to know everything. Yeah, at the very least, it's a shared expect. It's a shared ownership in every relationship, right? Takes two to two to tango, so to speak. That in every relationship we have some ownership to the alignment, as well as then to our uh, influence and our contribution to any misalignments that are at play. 
So stepping in and the courage part is to be able to see and again, every misalignment's an opportunity. How do I see that and how do I create that conversation? And then you start to connect the themes we're talking about here. Then you have exploration, curiosity. How, what am I thinking, seeing, and feeling in the moment? And how conscious am I of that? And how conscious am I in terms of what I'm about to say? And is it truly in alignment to who I am? And to be present in that moment. And um, that's the journey, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, Edgar, we discovered something about our, our true alignment work. You know, we're always uh, turning it over and, 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 and flipping it around in our, in our minds, in our heads. And we, I think we really, as we're doing some work with, um, as we're doing some work with a producer to talk about uh, a searching for alignment video series, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the things that was reflected back to us is the dialogic nature of, of our alignment work um, mm. that it is in a dialogue because you're, you're, you are in this exploration and in this curiosity and the ability to kind of say, Oh, you know, I'm seeing this in the moment and, and, and to ask questions and engage people in a conversation about it, as opposed to um, just merely uh, us from an alignment expertise perspective, saying what it is, mm-hmm. but we're asking about it. Yeah, it requires a dialogue. It really does. I think that's probably one of the most important elements of the alignment work is to recognize that in of itself, at the very least, and very powerfully at the very least, is the uh, consciousness of, of the inner dialogue that's, that we're carrying on as we're engaged in a dialogue or con- conversation in a context with someone. This is the, the multiple tracks that yeah, lay over, right? There it is, yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't get singular in this. It, it just doesn't work. Yes, we have a single thought at a time. And think how quickly we move from one to the next, even in the course of when we're speaking or listening, which makes, and here's another theme, right? How aligned am I in my listening? And um, how much am I really open to, to that world of being able to say, say more about that? And I'm curious, as we mentioned, why I think one of the best tools that a leader can learn is to be conscious enough to be able to say, even if they don't speak it, to be able to say to themselves, I'm curious, tell me more. I'm curious about this. So that that inner dialogue is, is, is and that self-talk, that's a, that's a tough one to sometimes get our, get our arms around and be conscious of what our, th- our thoughts really are. Uh, you know, I'm going to do a twofer movie reference here. Because one of the movies we always watch as we as we approach New Year's is um, "It's a Wonderful Life." Oh uh, yeah, right. I mean, and that is a that is that is a movie about the the inner dialogue, the struggle to listen to inner dialogue, uh-huh. right? I mean, and this is the you know. So I, I think he just hit on something here too, because not always is that comfortable. That can get so uncomfortable, especially when we watch someone going through it and realize that we all go through that. Yeah. And that's the character. And, you know, here, here he is in Bedford Falls, right? <laughs> and the, the context and everything in Pottersville. And the whole thing is right there in front of us. And when you look back at the history of that film, uh, that came out the same year as The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And it didn't, it actually didn't do well. It wasn't well reviewed. Um, it didn't get an, an immediate audience. Um, it developed an audience through the years. And I, I would, I would suggest to you, at least from my vantage point, 
that the reason it didn't get the audience is not because of any production value. I mean, it at the time had the most expensive investment, the greatest investment ever made on a movie set really? was for that movie. Yeah, no it was uh, back in the day. We're talking about one point three million dollars over acres, acres, a lot that covered acres. Yeah, and they built Bedford Falls right for that for that particular movie. What an investment yeah, that no was doubt. made into that. And I think the crux of the matter is that if you think about this decades ago, and you look at that movie, that's kind of an in-your-face movie, and can make you uncomfortable. Yeah, I- everything from. You know, alcoholism. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I mean, it was all in there. You know, the uncle that's a drunk. Yep. And nobody's telling him and nobody's confronting him. And I mean, it's just, there's just layer after layer after layer in that film. Just amazing, especially for the time period. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, I, yes, it's so tangled, right? I mean, because part of that movie is I, I have a plan. My plan didn't work out, so I'm less than. I watch the people around me follow these dreamy plans. Wow. Yeah, brilliant. Right? So the relativity is is just it, super in there. and um, You're dead on because it's all tangled, mm-hmm. and that's what happens. We get we get tangled up in, uh, as Bob Dylan would say, tangled up in blues, right? <laughs> you get you get tangled up in your in, in all the different aspects and, and elements of life. So how do you untangle it? Well, our answer, of course, is alignment. Yeah. You have well. to explore the tanglements to understand how to untangle them. You can't, you can't take apart a knot without first stopping and looking at it. I think that's probably what, as children, um, we experience is we want to get rid of the knot very quickly. And it, there it is again, slow it down to speed it up. If we don't look and observe and explore what the knot looks like, what the tanglement looks like, if we don't explore what the misalignments are about, we're not going to get alignment. So, so Edgar, you know, our desire here in True Alignment is to get more people engaged in this uh, conversation, not only the, the clients and customers that we would take on. So, you know, Edgar, um, we, we're approaching this new year. Um, you know, people are going to, they're going to make new plans for, for changes in their lives tomorrow. And I, I'm not going to talk about resolutions. Thank you. Um, I'm not going to talk about them. But they're going to make... I'm glad you're not talking about them. They're going to make new plans to be different. Yeah. And, you know, I relate this to, to our alignment work. Because, you know, I know when we, when we are in initial conversations with, with leaders and organizations to come in and do some of this alignment work, uh-huh. you know, part of... Um, when it doesn't work is when a leader says, well, I want you to come in and then you just tell us this thing and, and we'll you know, you'll go away and, and we'll be aligned and everything will be on, on its merry way. Yeah. Um, but as That's we what just, they're paying us for. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, you know, I think that it's the, I mean, maybe we have to figure out how to better represent that the alignment work is just that. I mean, we say it over and over here on the podcast. It's an ongoing journey of life. It's an ongoing thing. It is. In it, the, is. it is in the dialogue. It isn't it isn't always a consistent directional. Yeah. Yeah. And it does, it goes back to the, and at a, at a higher level, so to speak, from a broader context, we're talking about the, what, the, why, the, who, and the how, right. Of alignment. And then realizing over and over that the how becomes so, so powerful because we can even talk about the, the who and who's involved. It's what's, what, what are the set, of relationships look like that make it work 
And so, so much of this work is really about alignment on the relationship, how we communicate with one another, how we manage conflict uh, and disagreement and differing viewpoints. Um, how do we actually uh, live our values and treat one another yeah. and show mutual respect and how we help each other create success? And what's the level of truth and honesty through which we guide our relationships? And how many, how many folks in an organization have ever thought about their process their processes are in place to manage those relationships. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's a different, that's a different way of thinking about process development. Yeah. Which is another alignment theme, which mm-hmm. goes back to the idea that process doesn't create people, people create process. And that is so, so important to, to grab onto. And that allows us then in our design thinking work in our innovation work to realize that innovation of systems and processes is is a is the true human endeavor of working together in an organization. It really that's the, is. That's the and business what as a is, human art form. And what does the process of conversation look like? What does the process of dialogue look like? Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like your goals and your KPIs are constantly going to be rewritten, constantly going to be evolving. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to be threading into every single one of those? Alignment, mindfulness, like the actual way you're doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's it's a living thing, right? I mean, I think that that is that's exactly right, Jim. It's it's a living thing. We have, um, you know, one of the one of the books I talk about a lot in education is uh, Paulo Freire's Pedagogy of the Oppressed, and 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 the idea is that um, in an educational system, the people in this the people that you are educating need to shape the education. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and, and Freire is really talking the same words that you're sharing, Edgar, is that the, the, the relationships in the people, um, how did you say? It's not that process, process defines people, is that people define process. Yes. Um, and, and Freire is saying the exact same thing. Um, and in that sense, Jim, you can have the directionality and those KPIs, as you mentioned, do get reshaped, but they get reshaped because the people that are part of it are helping do the shaping. Um, maybe that's the cry. Maybe that's the cry of the new alignment. Is let me, let me shape this thing that I'm a part of. Right. And in the end, the consciousnesses of that is that uh, through alignment, I shape who I am. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it goes back to, wow, you mean it's all about me? It's a, yeah, yeah, it yeah, it is. What do you know? <laughs> uh, reminiscent of a workshop that Ken and I were doing and, uh, with the team, and uh, we were talking about the me model, which is another alignment theme, which goes to uh, my self-concept and who am I, which we've now added to. It's the uh, social, uh, spiritual, emotional, physical, and um, intellectual the concept, self-concept that I have. And... Um, so at the end of the day, I, the shaping of alignment is the shaping of who I am. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it does go back. And the me model is all about the self-concept and how I perceive myself. And this goes also to, then to the what you had mentioned before, which is um, you know, how do I create change and how do I become, right? And at the end of the day, my mindset about myself is all evidence of the choices I make yeah. and how I choose my behavior in the moment through my consciousness, through my exploration of my own alignment in the moment, 
and being true to that. And of course, in the business context, it's the North Star. I think there's also something else really powerful in what you just said, and that is um, uh, you know, the effect on others and how it is that we get feedback or listen to others. And of course, in the business context, uh, how often uh, leaders in groups that we work with come back to, you know, we're not listening to our customer. Yeah. yeah. We're not paying enough time. attention to the customer experience. And then, of course, on the other side of the coin, an alignment theme is how do we create an aligned culture that engages people? And we realize that the need to um, align the experience that people have within our organizations, regardless of size, and our teams and organizations needs to be in alignment to what the expectation for the customer is, which means we need to be doing a lot of listening. We need to be paying a, a lot of attention to our inquiry, to our curiosity, and always seeking to learn and um, to understand. This is why I love the alignment work, specifically the alignment work we do on these extended engagements with, with organizations. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, uh, selfishly, I, I get to learn so much about myself um, <laughs> yeah. while I'm learning about those organizations and, and the people that make up the, that organization. Well, our, our uh, certificate, uh, the uh, CTAC, so the uh, Certified True Alignment uh, Coach Program. So somebody asked me just this morning looking at it, um, asked, well, is this about the theory of, of true alignment and the true alignment system as it applies to business and organizations, or is this about coaching skill? And I said, well, it's integrated because you cannot do one without the other. Yeah. So this idea of self and knowing oneself and to be able to do the work of alignment as a coach, as a consultant, um, as a leader, it really all comes together around the same basic principles that it emanates from the self and how I bring myself into the world and how I influence the world and the people around me and my relationships is what makes it work. Yeah. And that becomes so, so important. So uh, alignment to the experience of all those that I engage. Yeah, it makes the work so much fun uh, to be and in. And it's it. fun. Agreed. Yep. Every, every time you guys have one of those workshops, you know, you see the sponsor. You're talking about emanating. Like you see the sponsor come out, and then that's just integrating into the company from there. You know, they're going to sponsor themselves. They just figured it out. Then <laughs> they're going to sponsor the next person. I mean... Yeah, I you know this is the typical development of the people in an organization, especially larger organizations, is um, somewhat person agnostic. Oh, that's a really uh, that's that's powerful. I, I agree. Uh, to the, the and the way that I most often this is a, another conversation I've been involved with a lot of late because I think there's a consciousness towards this is that very often we look at uh, somebody's resume or we look at them and see a set of competencies rather than seeing the actual person. So in a way, our hyper specialization dehumanizes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is the. <laughs> It seems like a, a kind of a magical thing to roll around, Edgar, right? I mean, because so many organizations grow the number of staff by hyper-specialization. Yeah, they, they plug it, they plug and play, or they try to plug and play. Headcount. Headcount with specific sets of competencies without really paying attention to the human dynamic that's, that's engaged. And then, of course, you know, sooner or later the conversation is about 
personality type and you know what kind of a leader are you and what's your style and and even that really we we have a a way of trying to categorically come at it as opposed to individualizing it to the to the level of understanding who the who our fellow human beings are that human factor is going to be such a big a big factor well and and jim i think you're i think you're right on right i mean and this is the um you know, when we're when we're in, introducing true alignment to, to new audiences, we often talk about the idea that uh, you know business isn't isn't about B two B business to business or or B two C direct to customer business. It's really about H to H and and human to human. And you know, this is the hyper specialization and the headcount models and the replaceable part model. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can see how that is directly not human to human. The, the people in the organization no longer have influence over the organization. Mm-hmm. Especially with people revamping their resumes right now with AI, like, you know, <laughs> a human factor of that is going to be so important in the future. You're going to have to put on your resume, not written by AI. <laughs> not generated by AI. Oh. Well, I, you know, this is I, AI. You know, There's this, another theme. We ought to, it is, it totally is. Yeah, AI is definitely an alignment theme. In terms of not, if its application, how it's used, um, how it how it how it elevates uh, a sense of human connectedness in one way, and then of course can also um, be destructive to it. I, yeah, it's interesting, right? I mean, the fear is is a replacement of the humanness. Yeah. Um, there's a whole set of people arguing that it, it is a it is something that. You, you carry and, and you use alongside the humanness. And I think that's going to be the ultimate challenge is to figure out that balance um, and keep it in check in some sense. Yeah. Right? Because at the end of the day, it's going to, it's going to hit right up against our understanding of, uh, of humanity and what we want humanity to be and what, how we want it represented in our technology and in our world. And uh, <laughs> in one direction, it gets more and more complex, doesn't it? And then you look at that complexity, and within the within complexity lies the art of simplicity. How do we simplify that? And that's another thing that alignment does. Yeah, it takes away. Um, it, it is a way of seeing through the complexity and saying it in its simplest forms. What does alignment look like? Not just in an organizational context or customer experience and employee experience, right? Also in the self. Yeah. You know, what are some basic tenets of? of human nature that uh, exists in all of us that creates our, our common, our, uh, our commonality, our way of seeing each other in a way that we can see ourselves. Yeah. Just to let that in, I, it goes back to the marble thing. It just to let it in and uh-huh. not, not try and, and, and predict it so much um, and manage it, but to lean into it and let it be a part of the, let it be a part of the organizational conversations. It's like striking a cue ball very often, regardless how well we line it up. Yeah. Doesn't always go where we need it to. No. Yep. No. And it's always a matter of the human touch, isn't it? So much so. So much so. Mm-hmm. E- Edgar, as we as this is our last podcast for the uh for twenty twenty three. Yeah. Just uh thanks again, Jim. Thanks for the conversations this year. Thank you guys. It's always always a pleasure. Yeah, and to all of all of you that are listening and uh, have listened and look forward to uh, listening to our podcast in the future, um, we want to thank you 
very, very much. We've, we've, uh, we're getting closer to 70 episodes. And um, I don't know if you were thinking about that or not, Ken, uh, with this experiment of the True Lyman podcast. <laughs> um, it really has taken on a life and so much appreciate everyone out there that's listening. Uh, so much. I, I have to tell you, I haven't thinking about, I'm not thinking about 70. I'm thinking about 100 at this point. Because I, you know, we did this on a whim. And then part of this conversation that has grown in our in our listenership has has grown. Um, you know, we're getting people calling and asking and requesting us to cover certain topics. Um, you know, and our our guest list is growing. So, you know, I'm thinking about what we need to do to kind of celebrate a hundred next ah. year in 2024. Yeah, well, that'll be a fun time. Agreed. I my 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 uh, my sense of it is as we go forward that. Um, this uh, conversation of ours becomes more of a community conversation. Hopefully. And uh, that's where we take it. Yeah. So thank you for all of you that are out there as part of the True Alignment community. So folks, our uh, Edgar mentioned the uh, CTAC, the Certified True Alignment Coach Workshop. We're hosting that January 22 to 26 here in 2024. You can find information about that in the show notes of this podcast or directly on the truealignment.com website. And it will be taking place here at Regis University in Denver, Colorado. So for those of you interested in traveling to beautiful Colorado, you may want to make arrangements. Uh, if you do like to attend the workshop, make arrangements to stay for a weekend at the front or back end. And uh, so, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Looking forward to a great uh, 2024. Um, don't know what it's going to bring because the marbles just kind of take on a life of their own. And so with that, thank you very much. Uh, look forward to uh, next time around. Again, questions, thoughts, comments. You're all welcome to join in the, in the, in the conversation at info at truealignment.com. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Edgar Papke. I'm Ken Sagendorf. Have a good week, everybody. And have a great new year. Live aligned. Live aligned. And then we can all twist and shout out on the dance floor making our moves finding the rhythm and finding our grooves ain't this corny ain't it fun i got my pickup on the run i got my dog in the back and the lady by my side she's just hoping to be my bride i'm singing no no <laughs> Oh, baby, that won't go. I say, I know, no. Oh, oh, I hate to be alone, but I'm taking you home. I'm putting Yay. that one at the end of the episode. You should. I'm eating my cornbread in my bed, <laughs> trying to get over this heavy head.